Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Hello and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Coming off a perfect 8-8 eight and eight last round in the NRL, it is now time to jump in to Round 5's preview. And look, the goal for this week, I want two perfect weeks in a row. I know it's tough, but I've done my study on these games and hoping I can pick some winners. Now, let's start with Thursday's clash. Don't want to waste any time tonight. And that is going to be Newcastle hosting the Sea Eagles at McDonald Jones Stadium. Now, the Sea Eagles are coming off two wins, but now an interesting team lineup. We see Christian Tuipilotu comes into the left center position. So Brad Parker being dropped. He is amongst the reserves. And we see Toletau Kohler. He steps into the fullback position. He played in the centers last week when Brad Parker was dropped. And no Tom Trebojevic, whilst Callan Ponga has been named to play the Seagulls. So if Pongan does play, that is going to be a huge inclusion. But that is definitely an interesting narrative as far as this game goes. Having a look at the NRL ladder after four rounds. So we're starting to get a, a little bit of an idea uh, just in terms of the team's starts to the season. We have the Seagulls in 10th place whilst the Knights are in 8th. So this will be a bit of a jostle. jostle. Uh, for a position in the top eight, both sides will be extremely motivated. And look, Seagulls are going to have a point to prove that they can get it done without Tom Trebojevic. But yeah, going to be a very interesting game. The key battle for mine is the halves. It's going to be Jake Clifford and Adam Clune, who have probably exceeded people's expectations so far this season. But the Knights have had a couple of losses now, and they really need to get another win just to say, hey, like, we are building, we are going in an upward trajectory. And as for the Seagulls, they have Daly Cherry Evans and Karen Foran, a proven premiership halves combination. And Cherry Evans was massive on the weekend against the Raiders. I thought his team could have done more to get on the front foot. Josh Alloyer was great upon return. He's starting this weekend. And look, I think it is going to be down to the halves with their game management. And I think Cherry Evans kicking has potential to cause the Knights a few issues. As far as the point of difference, I've gone the fullbacks. Now, if Ponga does play, he will be the sole point of difference. But if he doesn't play, he has had his troubles with injury, and we see Tex Hoy come in, then I think Hoy up against Kohler, that'll be a real point of difference battle. But otherwise, if Ponga does play, then he is the sole point of difference, obviously, with no Tom Trebojevic. That will give the Knights a massive advantage, especially because they'll be in front of a fired-up home crowd who no doubt will be turning up in droves. And look, it's going to be one of the games of the round. I'm glad we get it on Thursday night. Very excited to jump straight into that one. As far as the outright X-Factor player, I've gone Daily Cherry Evans. I think his kicking game is going to be massive throughout this contest. Just his game management, he's not afraid to run the ball. And he's got some real dangerous strike weapons outside of him on that right-hand side. As far as the narratives, narratives, whatever I just fucking said, uh, 
Ponga, I had Ponga and Trebojevic, but now if Ponga is playing, then that is a real narrative right there. Their elite star fullback is playing for the Knights whilst the Seagulls are missing Trebojevic. And when they didn't have him last season, well, they just didn't look like the same team. Turbo obviously just offers so much, so big shoes to fill for Tolotau Cola. It's going to be a short turnaround for Manly as well. They played on Saturday. Now they're going to have to back up and play on Thursday. So I'm interested to see what their energy and enthusiasm uh, enthusiasm levels are like. And because of the short turnaround, I expect this one to be a very close game. In the end, though, I am going to go with the Manly Seagulls. I think this is a massive danger game. The Knights, no doubt, are going to be fired up to keep their spot in the top eight. Uh, but yeah, as I've said, the X factor for me is Daily Cherry Evans. I think without Trebojevic, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the halves, but I think they can stand up and deliver. They'll need their Ford pack to really lead from the front. But I'm going to go Manly Seagulls. I'm expecting this to be a close one, but taking the Seagulls. And I'm here with JJ, who each week joins me for the NRL preview. And just thinking in terms of the Seagulls and Knights game in Newcastle, uh, what are your thoughts on this one, JJ? Yeah, with this one, it's a it's a big test for both teams, I think. Um, the Knights were a little bit down last week against the Sharks, although I do believe the Sharks are going to be quite good this year. So I read a little bit into that. Um, the Sea Eagles obviously have started to get a bit of uh, momentum going, a win against like a decent side in the Raiders. But yeah, this week, the turbo factor is a big one, him being out. Uh, I can definitely imagine, as you said, Daily Cherry Evans getting some work done with his boot, but I imagine it to be quite a close contest and maybe the home crowd gives them just enough of a boost in those close moments to get them over the line. So I'm actually going to take the Knights here, but if they don't win this week, yeah, I'll I'll have to reassess um, my thoughts on the Knights. Up next, it is the game that I am most excited for this weekend. Just being that I'm a Warriors fan, I'm hoping we can go three straight wins up against the Cowboys side that had their momentum halted up against the Roosters last weekend. But before that, the Cowboys were the first defensive side in the NRL. That didn't make much sense. They were the best defensive side across only a couple of rounds, so small sample size. Uh, And there are a lot of people, such as Paul Gallen, who've come out and said that they aren't convinced by the Cowboys. And overall, they weren't convincing at all against the Roosters. And for the Warriors, who who knows what to expect at this point, but I've keep I'm keeping the faith. They helped me win some money last weekend too, so thanks Warriors. Uh, and the Cowboys, look, that's going to be really interesting. There are a lot of shades of Warriors throughout the side. Jermaine Tanoa Brown, the former Warrior, is starting up front. Uh, he's earned that starting jersey in the prop position. Peter Hiku, the former Warrior, in the centres. Todd Payton, the coach. Coach the Warriors for a little bit, and Chad Townsend, who's had two separate stints at the New Zealand Warriors. So plenty of connections to the Warriors in the Cowboys outfit. And as for the Warriors themselves, well, Reese Walsh may be staying. And I read an article, and I'm just clinging on to hope that Reese Walsh very well may be joining the club in Auckland in New Zealand 2023. So watch this space. I do hope that is true. And for the Warriors, they are building. So they've got the two wins on the board after a sluggish start. And they know that this is a crucial game. They need to step up. They cannot take the foot off the gas now because the Cowboys 
looked awesome in the first few rounds of the competition. Obviously, they were outclassed last weekend, but you've got to expect that the Cowboys are going to be fired up. They aren't going to have the same kind of result like the Roosters game, and that makes this a very big danger game for the New Zealand Warriors. The Cowboys, though, they have lost momentum after getting pumped by the Roosters 28-4, to but they are going to be relying on their X-Factor player, Jason Taumalolo. He has the potential to cause the Warriors all kinds of trouble, and if he implements some of the silky smooth passing that we've seen him do in this season, then that could really, really compromise the Warriors' defensive line. Look, Taumalolo looks lean as well. I think he's adjusted his kind of shape to the modern game and look it's a scary proposition i still don't know if we've seen the best of jason Taumalolo yet although he has shown us plenty but he is the x factor in this game i think if the cowboys are to win then it's going to be on the back of a huge effort from jason Taumalolo. as for the warriors side just looking across their team jesse arthur's the young center on loan from the brisbane broncos i've been hugely impressed with him He was a Warriors fan growing up as well, so look, I just want to say, let's keep Jesse Arthurs at the club beyond 2022. I really hope that is what happens. Now, as for my key battle in this game, that is going to be in the Ford pack. Uh, I think all the big men are going to really need to lift in this game. For the Warriors, we see that Adenfanua Blake is on the reserves list. It looks like maybe an injury issue, surely. I mean, he's been our best performer or one of to start the season so Bunty R4 one of my favorites gets the start at prop he is going to be a major part of this push alongside Matt Lodge as the starting front row combination to really get things going for us we see Bailey Sirenin return from COVID he starts on an edge so he's going to be playing in the back row with Josh Curran at lock and Jazz Tavanga who started last weekend he is out I believe to the bench uh, whilst Ben Murdoch-Masilla is out and Aaron Penne and Jack Murchie join the interchange. For the Cowboys, we see Scott Drinkwater line up in the fullback position. First game of NRL this year, that is going to be really interesting. And Jermaine Tauno-Brown stepping into the Cowboys' starting side up against his old outfit in the Warriors. Now, as I was saying, the Ford Pack battle is going to be crucial to this one. Some young guns like Jeremiah Nanai and Reuben Cotter, Griffin Name, Highland Lukey, they could hold the keys for a Cowboys victory. Whilst I look at the bench for the Warriors, I think Eliasa Katoa really needs to stand up, whilst Aaron Penne has been quality. And Jack Murchie, we haven't seen him at NRL level this year. So look, hopefully he can get the start. He was named last weekend and then was dropped. Oh, and it appears that Jazz Tavanga is out. So Cody Nikarima in the number 14 jersey, no Jazz Tavanga this weekend. Uh, now going back to the game as well, although I guess I was talking about the game, uh, the Cronulla Coffee Club. I've seen an article from none other than Buzz Rothfield talking about how Nathan Brown may be in trouble because a supposed Cronulla Coffee Club with links to Shane Flanagan and Paul Gallen who apparently this Cronulla Coffee Club had a strong link to the media and getting John Morris sacked. Uh, So who the fuck are these guys? Uh, Look, the Cronulla Coffee Club, apparently now they have set their sights on Nathan Brown. Look, Brownie, I would love it if you just came out and were like, yeah, this is who they are, if they want to talk shit. So apparently they're going to try to get Nathan Brown out of the Warriors. So 
watch this space. Buzz Rothfield, he is watching this space, and he has seen that the Cronulla Coffee Club are up to no good. So yeah, if anyone knows any information on this coffee club, I would love to hear more about it. And yeah, is Buzz spinning shit, or is there something sinister at play here? Are these Cronulla Coffee Club guys... They don't sound like good dudes. They basically just get together, sip on lattes, and they're like, let's fucking get this dude fired next. So yeah, Cronulla Coffee Club, if you guys are listening, you guys sound like wankers. But let me also say that it is a Buzz Rothfield story. So I don't want to write the Cronulla Coffee Club off too soon. Let's not just go on the word of Buzz Rothfield. I don't know if he is the most integrity-based journalist there is. So anyway, let's move on uh, back to the Warriors and Cowboys game. Full faith in the Warriors that they can get it done here. And look, I'm unsure where the Cowboys stand overall, so I will be monitoring this game closely. And another thing I'll be monitoring, monitoring, if I can correctly speak English, is the ladder, because the Warriors finishing the round in the top eight in seventh position... Cowboy is higher than them in fifth position. So, look, this is pretty exciting for both teams who haven't been the best in recent years. Definitely, for the Warriors, quite a number of years. So, exciting times. Whoever does get the win here can get even more excited. And I am really hoping it's the Warriors. I like that seventh position. And I hope we only go upward from here. So, as far as my prediction, I've gone them every weekend. So far, look, I will go against them at some point, um, maybe, probably, like up against the really quality teams, but look, I am keeping the faith, I am hoping it is our year, so I'm going to be taking the New Zealand Warriors to get it done over the Cowboys, they're at home in Redcliffe, but technically I guess that is a Cowboys home game in Queensland, but I'll be taking my side, the Warriors, to get it done, keeping the faith, how about yourself, JJ, as a neutral observer, Warriors versus the Cowboys. Which way are you leaning on this one? Yeah, this one's actually a pretty big uh, test for both sides, I think. Uh, Kind of like what the Warriors have been showing. They've been building steadily. Uh, As you say, it's in Queensland conditions, so the home ground advantage is is not that much of an advantage, I would say. Um, If the Cowboys defend well, I believe they can control the momentum and... The main thing I've taken from the Warriors is they've been patchy. Um, So if the Warriors can kind of get off to a strong start in the game, I can see them taking it. But just to be a bit spicy, I'm going to take the Cowboys. They're in Queensland conditions. They've showed some good D, and I just think they can maybe stranglehold this game. Up next is the primetime Friday night game. We have got the Sydney Roosters traveling to Brisbane to take on the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. Last year, this fixture... The Broncos with a huge upset. And to be honest, most of the week, even with the brawl and all of these incidents happening, I genuinely have been leaning toward a Brisbane Broncos upset yet again. I think the Roosters are beatable. And I really like the change of Billy Walters coming into the halves. I think we're going to see a really quality Brisbane outfit this weekend. And if we don't, then there may be some causes for concern. In terms of changes, the Roosters have the same 17 named that got the job done against the Cowboys. And Connor Watson, he has been listed to play dummy half, but in recent weeks, Drew Hutchison has actually been starting at acting half. 
Now, those are the changes to the teams. Having a look further into the game, obviously it could be a Broncos ambush here, but is there trouble in the water? Of course, we had the brawl between Albert Kelly and uh, Payne Huss, the epic brawl that was like one kind of push. And look, I do have some concerns about Albert Kelly. I hope he's all good. Uh, I don't really, it's a bit of a sensitive topic, but like, I feel like potentially it was something that derailed or crueled his career when he was a really big prospect, like a young kid that everyone was talking about, which also could have played into like, you know, personal issues and contributed to things like uh, wanting to drink. And I'm not insinuating anything because I genuinely don't know Albert Kelly and I'm not going to go by a few snippets of information without any real context. Uh, but he did have an incident at Hull as well where he was filmed really, really drunk in a McDonald's, kind of just, yeah, berating the people who were filming. And, yeah, it's it's an interesting one because, again, we don't know. They could have said something, you know, really mean to him or shit to him before they started recording. So I can't just jump to conclusions, but just judging on things and then in the video with Payne Huss, presumably, allegedly, I don't even know if it is them, but he did sound wasted. So look, I love getting wasted. There's nothing wrong with it, but uh, sometimes it does affect players in different ways and it can really affect their careers. So we see Albert Kelly drop out of the side and uh, not Kevin Walters. Uh, Kevy is the coach, but his son Billy comes into the side. Uh, we see Patrick Carrigan. He is out for four to six weeks. And Albert Kelly has had an injury. So, look, the thing with Albert Kelly and Payne Huss was presumably filmed after their win against the Dogs in Sydney. So interesting that it's come out now after they've lost two straight. Uh, and we'll see Kobe Hetherington start at lock, which he is a really quality player. I'm excited to see, pardon me, him lock up the 13 jersey for a little bit while Carrigan is out. Corey Pakes, he joins the bench after last week. We saw Branko Lee on the bench. He came on and played in the centers, and we saw Katoni Staggs move to 5'8". Now, that's a point of difference for mine, and maybe not a positive one. He looked really average there last week. And for mine, Katoni Staggs has been very underwhelming to the point where surely he's underdone. Surely he's carrying some kind of injury because, yeah, it, it has been noticeably, or almost unnoticeably, uh, absent in games because it's he barely touches the ball. He's been outshone by the centers he's gone up against. And the center in his side, on the other side, Herbie Farnworth, he is playing outstanding. So I do wonder what the go is with Katoni and whether we will see them make that change again. This time, Branko Lee not on the bench. So that leads me to believe maybe they're going to keep Stags out in the centers. But that is a point of difference, Katoni Stags, how they play him and how he plays in this game because he is a major part of a Broncos resurgence. I said in my season preview for them, he is a huge key if they do want to make the eight and do want to have this incredible run. They need Katoni Stags on the field and playing well. And right now, Katoni Stags, unfortunately, with as much respect as possible, he is only on the field. I cannot say that he is playing well. Uh, and the Roosters, they will make him pay. They will make the Broncos side in general pay if they are not up for this one. But I do think it is a bit of a danger game. I am expecting the Broncos to come up with some tricks. And look, I am most 
definitely not going to be riding off the Brisbane Broncos. The Roosters are coming off a big win, though. They got a huge win over the Cowboys in Townsville last weekend after a bit of a mixed start to the season for the Roosters. As for the Broncos, they had a very promising start to the season, which is now starting to unravel a little bit. Another thing I thought was quite funny was um, how the Tigers, when they had the players and the pokies till 10pm or whatever, how Paul Kent hated that and he thought it was like, yeah, shocking. Uh, I didn't actually watch it, to be honest, because I don't watch 360 really. Uh, But he was outraged about the pokies thing. But then the brawl incident, I mean, it wasn't really anything, but neither was the pokies, right? Uh, And yeah, look, there wasn't anything in it, but Paul Kent, very funny that uh, Ben Eichen is at the Broncos, so Paul Kent didn't really seem to care. He was actually thought it was fine what happened with the Broncos. So I just thought it was kind of funny how in a similar incident that really is a bit of a nothing story that people shouldn't care about, uh yeah once one paul kent hates and then the one that involves his great mate ben eichen uh he doesn't mind that so i thought that was quite funny now moving on uh ronald ronald sorry volkman young half at the roosters looks like a very special talent i have seen that the warriors they are looking to sign him for next season that is huge just want to say i'm a massive fan of that i would absolutely love if that signing takes place and back to the Sydney Roosters, they are yet to win back-to-back games this season, so consistency is an issue, and that usually isn't. That's usually their strength, being one of the most consistent sides across the NRL competition, but yet to win back-to-back games, I think that should be enough to fire them up to come out and get the win here. Looking at the X-Factor player, James Tedesco, every week he stands up, does his job, puts out elite numbers this weekend shouldn't be any different i think james tedesco especially given tessie new lining up at the broncos fullback position uh, and just kind of the struggles he's had well now he's going one-on-one not directly but i mean there are going to be moments where tedesco no doubt is going to break through he's going to be up against the rookie fullback and there are going to be plenty of support players so i think if someone's going to tear this game open plenty of potential players like Joey Manu or someone in the halves uh, but I'm going to go with James Tedesco I think he's got that x factor as far as the key battle the middle forwards no doubt for mine are Payne Huss always putting up great numbers he is one of the elite names of the NRL still with a lot of years ahead of him and he is going to be up against a very tough Roosters pack we see Jared Waria Hargreaves starting at prop and yeah it's going to be a very exciting battle seeing the big men go at it uh in general yeah i think the broncos could be in for another upset here but ultimately i just don't have enough confidence in them to take them up against the roosters i think the roosters are going to be really honing in looking to get their first back-to-back wins of the season they don't want to be you know riddled with inconsistency starting the season leading into what should be a busy origin period so i think the sydney roosters are going to make a statement of intent this weekend and ultimately i have got the roosters getting it done over the brisbane broncos now i know jj's been watching the games uh, he has his own takes so as far as the broncos hosting the roosters as i always say which way do you think you're going to go in this one jj yeah absolute must win for the sydney roosters here Suncorp uh, will be rocking for sure. I reckon Brisbane put up a good fight, but I believe that um, the Roosters are building nicely into the season. Kiri, 
uh, popping up nice nicely in the games. So they've proven that they can win in the Queensland conditions just last week. So I, I want to believe the Broncos can win. There is definitely a chance. Um, you know, the crowd could get them over the line somehow, but um, not in this one. I'm going to take the Roosters. Kicking off Super Saturday in the nation's capital, it is going to be the Raiders hosting the Melbourne Storm, who are coming off a demolishing of the Bulldogs. That was a huge performance. Having a look quickly at the ins and outs, same 17 for the Raiders, although Tom Starling has been starting off the bench. Matt Frawley at the number nine. And look, honestly, I really, really don't think that works. Frawley at number nine. Melbourne Storm are fast starters. We saw them bounce back from their Eels loss and destroy the Bulldogs. And I do worry about the Raiders. There is a chance that this one could get away from them early. Frawley spends roughly the first half an hour on the field, and I think the Storm are going to piece them apart. I really hope that doesn't happen. The Raiders are my second team, but I just don't think Frawley at nine is the answer. Tom Starling off the bench look all right, but I just, yeah, I really don't think Frawley is the right guy to have in the number nine jersey. I think the Melbourne Storm are going to be able to exploit that. Uh, And look, I talked a bit about it in my NRL Power podcast. Ryan Pappenhausen, my X-Factor player of round four, and I think he could be a major chance at winning the Deli M this season. If he stays fit and plays pretty much every game or as close to every game as he can, then no doubt Ryan Pappenhausen, I think, is going to be in the mix to take home that Deli M medal. My pick was Cameron Munster, but I can definitely see Pappenhausen getting it. The only issue is guys like Harry Grant, Hughes, Munster, and Pappenhausen are all going to be sharing votes with each other, and that's going to hurt their chances in terms of taking out the Delium medal. For Pappenhausen, though, I think this could be like a Jared Hayne 2009, Ben Barber, or Tom Trebojevic last season kind of year, where he just explodes. Storm of the right team to have around him as well. But Pappenhausen just seems like, I don't want to say breakout because he's already a Clive Churchill medalist, already a premiership winner. But this could be where he really breaks out and starts to say, you know, I'm going to be one of the guys for years to come that is in the mix for Kangaroos jerseys, Origin jerseys. As I said in the Power Podcast, I know fullback, there are a lot of contenders for that position, but you just have to find a place somewhere in the sides, representative-wise, for Ryan Pappenhausen, the way he's playing at the moment. And look, Pappenhausen had the Clive Churchill medal in 2020, Last year, he had concussion issues, he had injury issues, missed a lot of time. This year, I think he's going to pick up where he left off in that 2020 grand final. So, look, I think there is every chance we're going to see a big game from Ryan Pappenhausen this weekend. As for the Raiders, they're in a bit of a transition in terms of bringing some of their younger guys through, like Matt Tomoko, Semi Valame, giving these guys you know, enough time to really develop at a first grade level. They have guys like Xavier Savage down at reserve grade level who are just waiting in the wings for their chance to step up. So Raiders, it's a bit of a transition period, but they still want to be a top eight side and the Melbourne Storm are going to be the perfect test for the Raiders as far as where they stand in this competition in the early stages. My point of difference for the Raiders, Josh Papali'i and Joseph Tarpane, those two as a starting front row, I really can see them causing Storm some issues. Joe Tarpane in particular, I think he is due for a really big game. I think they'll be pumped, they will be primed and ready to try and upset the Storm, and they'll have the home crowd cheering them on. 
The key battle in this one, it is going to be Jack Whiten up against Cameron Munster, two of the most electrifying 5.8s in the competition, and they're going to have a big bearing on the result. Jack Whiten specifically as well. I know the Raiders, they can't put all their faith in him, but if they are to beat the Melbourne Storm, then Brad Schneider and Jack Whiten as a halves combination need to have their best outing together that we have ever seen, basically, because the Melbourne Storm are just going to come out. Uh, we know what they're all about. I've seen in a couple of finals and games recently the Storm come out and they just totally have outclassed the Raiders, including, I believe, the 2020, I think it was the prelim final. If it wasn't that final, it was the week before. And yeah, they just destroyed the Raiders and they got it done very early on. So I'm a little bit worried. The Storm sitting in second place on the ladder. Raiders all the way down in 12th spot. So this shapes as a Big, big game for the Raiders if they want to play finals this season. In terms of my prediction, look, I'll be cheering for the Raiders, but I have not seen enough yet. And particularly uh, Matt Frawley starting that first half an hour in the number nine, if they do go that way, I just don't think it's working. I'd like to see Tom Starling start or try something else. You've got Adrian Trevelyan, who he said, Ricky Stewart has said he wants to give him some more time to develop, but... In my opinion, and with the greatest of respect to Matt Frawley, he just isn't it in terms of an NRL dummy half to start in that number nine jersey, even though he's not wearing the number nine. And I think the Storm are going to exploit that. So my prediction, I'm taking the Melbourne Storm to get it done over the Canberra Raiders. And as my bonus prediction, I'm going to say Nick Meany scores the first try. So taking the Melbourne Storm over the Raiders. And as far as JJ's take, interested to see which way you're going to go. The Melbourne native, obviously, so has a bit of an interest in the Storm. Up against the Canberra Raiders, who have been pretty average in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, for this one, you know, I want to see a scenario where the Raiders get up, but... Yeah, a few concerns there, as you say, um, around the number nine and also a few concerning losses where maybe I thought they should have got up or if they're going to be contender this year, they they should have got up. And the Storm, well, you know, you doubt them for one week and they come back like the next and hit even greater heights or, you know, they, they just keep hitting greater heights every time they hit a low. So it's hard to see them losing this game. Could even be a blowout. You know, they've got the home crowd advantage of... Of course, um, in Canberra, it's quite a good one. Uh, but yeah, the Storm are a quality outfit and I could see this possibly being a blowout. Up next is the Saturday evening game between two sides in desperate need of a win. It is going to be the Rabbitohs hosting the Dragons. Now, we saw them clash in the preseason. Dragons with pretty full-strength outfits. Dragons managed to get the win. I don't believe Latrell Mitchell played in that game, though. And look, the Dragons, they were my cause for concern in round four, coming off the back of two thrashings. Uh, as for the Rabbitohs, look, they just haven't been able to get going. They have a bit of a grand final hangover. No Wayne Bennett, no Adam Reynolds. And the transition hasn't been a smooth one so far. So look, Dragons were my cause for concern, but there are some concerns about the Rabbitohs. I think they will play finals this year. Hopefully they're in with a shot at the Premiership, but... Yeah, if they lose this one, then it is going to be hard for them to gain momentum because a lot of the teams below them in the competition are improving and are capable of beating them. See the Brisbane Broncos game in round one for a great reference of that. So both sides need that win. That's going to make it a very tough and physical game, no doubt. 
It's going to be about who wants it more in the end, really. And having a quick look at the ins and outs, last week the Dragons shuffling their squad with a host of changes. They moved Jack Bird to 5'8". They dropped Tyrell Sloan, who he got sinbinned in the New South Wales Cup. We saw Amone, I think I said to the bench, Embai to fullback. And McCulloch took his place at the dummy half position. This week, they're going with that same structure, Embai at fullback, Jack Bird 5'8", McCulloch at dummy half, and Tullatau Amone on the bench. Let's not forget they lost 48-12 last weekend. Well, Anthony Griffin, he has called up Jaden Sewer, who is back from suspension. That moves Jack Kozeski to the reserves. But other than that, and uh, Aaron Woods joining the starting lineup, Pretty much the same Dragons outfit, so that doesn't fill me with a heap of confidence. But of course, in New South Wales Cup, the Dragons are coming last. Their feeder side have been destroyed every game. They are sitting last by a considerable margin, and they're getting whacked every week. So it's not like you have guys to call up who have a heap of confidence themselves. And looking at the Rabbitohs, Jackson Paulo moves to the reserves after suffering a concussion last week. Whilst Josh Mansour comes into the starting line on the wing, and he scored a try in reserve grade on the weekend. So look, he's been scoring tries at New South Wales Cup level, and Josh Mansour is a veteran. He knows how to get it done. Looks like he'll be taking his place in the Rabbitohs side this weekend. As for Mark Nichols, the GOAT is out for an extended period. He has a syndesmosis injury, so that's a shame for him. Off to the Dolphins next season. Tom Burgess comes into the starting side with Davey, Moale, and Blake Taff inclusions on the bench and Saliva Havili dropping back to the reserves. So, look, it's going to be a very interesting game. Do the Rabbitohs have a serious grand final hangover? And can the Dragons fulfill some of that promise that, look, pre-season everyone was saying, oh, could they be the Dark Horses? Myself included, but now they sit in 15th position really need to get their season going up against the Rabbitohs side that sit in 13th position. So the winner, they're going to be able to move up on the ladder, uh, feel a little bit more confidence in what they're doing this season. Whilst the loser, they're going to be no doubt sitting in the bottom four, not where you want to be after five rounds of action. That's a decent like sample size of where everyone's at. Obviously, there's still a lot of season to go, but After five rounds to be in the bottom four, that signifies that you have a lot of work to do. So very crucial game for both sides this weekend. As far as the X factor, I've gone the combination of Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. Uh, I think if the Rabbitohs win, then we're going to see both of them tear it up. Latrell seems like he's kind of working his way into form and he could explode at any moment. This could definitely be a game where he just hits the full throttle and yeah, could destroy the Dragons. So very worried about the Dragons. They were my cause for concern in round four. And as far as the key battles, it is going to be decided in the Fords, in my opinion. Mark Nichols is a big loss for the Rabbitohs, whilst Jaden Sewer is a big inclusion for the Dragons. And as I said, it's going to be a tough physical game. Whichever Ford pack can impose themselves more, that is going to take their side a long way toward getting the win. So in what should be a tough game, I'm actually going to be taking the Rabbitohs. Dragon's my cause for concern, so that just means automatically I don't really feel enough confidence in picking them. I don't know if the Rabbitohs are going to get it done, but 
Look, I think they have enough strike, and I'm taking the Rabbitohs. And as far as a bit of a value bet, I am going to be looking at the Rabbitohs 13+. plus. I think this could be a game where they really turn it on in terms of attack. And the Dragons have been woeful in defense the last two weeks. So big, big improvement needed as far as St. George's defense goes. But I think the Rabbitohs are going to exploit it. Taking the South Sydney Rabbitohs, over to yourself, JJ, Rabbitohs and Dragons. Which way do you think you're going to go? Yeah, with this one, mm, on paper, you know, they're, they're kind of evenly matched. Maybe Rabbitohs a little bit ahead. Um, when the Dragons were looking good in that early part of this year, I'm, I might have said the Dragons uh, because the Rabbitohs had a few concerns. That was before Latrell came back in, though. So, I'm more, I would say I'm more concerned about the Dragons of late. So, in that sense, I'm going to go and lean towards the Rabbitohs. Um, but I can see this one being a bit of a grind, a bit of a... They're both kind of slow teams when I think about them. Well, that's how I like to characterize them. So uh, there is a possibility for the Dragons to win, but they have looked more concerning of the past few weeks. So I'm going to lean towards the Rabbitohs. All right. In the Saturday night game, we have got the Titans on the Gold Coast hosting the Eels. This should be an interesting game. We saw them fight... Fight? <laughs> Not really. In round one, we don't have fights in the NRL anymore. Uh, round one, Eels got it done, plenty of points scored, uh, and they're going to do it all again in the Gold Coast. So it's going to be their Titans and the Eels. For the Titans, a few changes. Bo Fermor is back, Phil Sammy is back, and Isaac Liu is back. So a lot of quality returning to the side. And we're going to see that young gun Jaden Campbell, he is getting another week on the sidelines. So... Jermaine Azako once again starting at fullback. For the Eels, Sean Lane is back after missing last week's win and really hurting my supercoach draft side. Damn, unfortunate. Uh, and Ryan Madison, he is going to be going back to the bench. We see that Mitch Rain comes into the 17 with Bryce Cartwright moving to 18th man and Murata Niukore is in the reserves. We may see him get the late call up. As far as the actual game, we saw the Eels win in round one, and they're progressing really nicely. That win over the Storm, followed up by the shellacking of the Dragons. Pretty good way to get started. And yeah, I'm very interested overall as to how this game is going to play out. Both sides are going to be keen to make a statement. Eels currently sitting in third position on the ladder, whilst the Titans are in ninth, so they're going to no doubt be wanting to break into the top eight. I've been really, really impressed. And look, the X-Factor battle, I've gone with who I've been impressed with, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, up against Toby Sexton and AJ Brimson. All very exciting halves who bring different skill sets to this game. And no doubt my X-Factor battle is in the halves. Uh, look, the point of difference, I've gone for Reed Marnie. The Titans still trying to work out exactly who their best number nine is. Aaron Clark has been given the gig. But I just think Reed Marnie is going to be a massive point of difference in this game. He's so crafty at a dummy half. And he's got Mitch Rain to back him up on the bench, who is also a dummy half. As far as the key battle, this is going to be in the Fords again, no doubt. Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo up against guys like Tino Fasua-Malaawe, Mo Fodawaka. Uh, it's just going to be an incredible battle. I cannot wait to watch it go down. And look, it's a bit obvious, but whoever has the better defense this time around is going to win. I think the Eels can have that better defense. There have been question marks over their right side defense for quite some time. 
But their halves are standing up big time. I think everyone within their squad is standing up pretty well overall. And for the Titans, I still have question marks over Jermaine Azarko as fullback. So, look, in a, in a very tight game, that can sway me. And I think the Eels can produce the better defensive performance. So I'm going to be taking the Parramatta Eels to get it done over the Gold Coast Titans. In this Queensland game on the Gold Coast, which is in Queensland, obviously, uh, Titans Eels, JJ, where are you going with this one? In this one, I'd love to see the Titans get up at home. But I have to say, I, I know the Eels are prone to a bed shit or two, um, especially away from home, especially in games which you'd probably expect them to win, like this one. But I think I'm starting to become a bit of a believer in the Eels. Like last week was like seriously impressive. I know that was at home. Um, but yeah, as you said, the Storm win as well. That's The Storm are good, even though I think they were a little undermanned in that game. And it was kind of a last-minute win. But, yeah, the Eels are starting to grow on me. And if they keep putting together the convincing performances like they should win on the weekend, and if they win convincingly, then, yeah, I might be a bit of a believer. Now for our first Sunday game, the Sharks hosting the Tigers. Boy, oh, boy. Uh, this is a bit scary for the Tigers. I'll give you a spoiler alert for the NRL Power podcast. Uh, look, the Tigers... The only reason they didn't get the, my cause for concern in the last podcast was because they've been my cause for concern the whole way through. I predicted them to come last in the season previews. I was concerned about them heading into the season. I've been concerned about them every step of the way. And I was like, look, let's just have a week off. I can't make it them every week. But no doubt they're right back in contention this week to be the cause for concern. They are the main one in the whole competition and if they lose to the Sharks here, they are going to be 0-5. Uh, yeah, it just looks like the Tigers are going to bottom out this season. Still bright signs ahead for them, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, that's really my vibe. That's about the noise or the kind of tone when the Tigers come to mind, unfortunately, at the moment. So let's go on to the Sharks. They are killing it. They look like they could be top four material. They definitely seem as though they're going to be playing finals this season. Everything just seems to be clicking. And really early with some new signings coming in and just seamlessly sorry, uh, transitioning to the new club and making a great success of it. So the Craig Fitzgibbon era off to a blinder of a start. As for the Madge era, well, things are getting grim pretty quickly, unfortunately. Big battle this weekend, Nico Hines up against Luke Brooks. Uh, both very opposite in terms of the public perception of them at the moment. Lots of praise for Nico Hines, whilst Luke Brooks, uh, I just don't know. I don't know what the go is. I think it's time for him to move on to another club. And just the Tigers overall, I don't know. I really am scratching my head. If I didn't have my hands full right now, I would literally be scratching my head as we speak. Now, the X factor for this game, as he has been the whole way through, that is Nico Hines. He is just such an incredible talent, and he's really stepping up to be the marquee man for the Sharks. The point of difference for Cronulla, that is Cameron McInnes. Although CSC for Talakai has been enormous in recent weeks, playing in the centres again this week. I uh, played there last weekend and just had a phenomenal game. So Talakai potentially a New South Wales origin bolter, can play a couple of different positions. 
in the centres this weekend. But my point of difference, Cameron McInnes off the bench can fill in at dummy half and really seems to be finding his feet as a middle forward at the Sharks. The key battle is going to be in the back five. I think both back lines are going to need to score some points, specifically the West Tigers. Last week was diabolical against the Titans. Genuinely, like the point that really sold it for me was when the Tigers were right on the Titans line and they got a penalty late in the game and no one had scored a try and the Tigers were like, we're going to take the shot for two. That was like, look, I don't have a winner's mentality. I'm not like here to criticize too badly, but that was such a loser's mentality. That was like, you wouldn't see that from the great sides. Uh, and even if you did, I feel like it would have a different feel about it. That Tigers one, it just, it, pff, losing mentality. They take the two and then the Titans end up winning the game because they can score a try and they back themselves right up until the end. So yeah, uh, again, that's the noise for the Tigers. Uh, five captains, uh, grown. Groans all around. Now, Michael Maguire hasn't made any changes to his side. The same 17. Jock Madden retaining his spot in the halves with Jackson Hastings still suspended. As for the Cronulla Sharks, Fitzgibbon has also named an unchanged squad. So, Talakai in the centers, I think, particularly is a really, really awesome one. He has potential to cause some genuine havoc. And the Tigers, again, look, I don't want to do too many groans. So I I think that's what I'll say about the Tigers. Sorry if you're a Tigers fan. Like, hopefully this is, you know, on Sunday I come on NRL Power and I'm like, they did it. They did it, everyone. Like, awesome. But if I don't, it's going to be grim. It's going to be 0-5. And uh, sorry, there's a groan again. I, these groans are genuinely natural. I'm not even putting this on. It's just... It's so it's pretty dire. It's getting pretty dire, unfortunately. And that is why my pick is going to be the Sharks. They currently sit in fourth position. No doubt they're going to want to stay in there. They want to go, going to want to make a push to be a top four side, or at least in the upper end of the top eight. And as for the Tigers, they are sitting dead last. They just want to get off the bottom of the ladder. And if they lose this weekend, well... Yeah, the job is going to get a lot tougher for them to scrape their way off the bottom. So major cause for concern around the West Tigers. Hopefully it's an overdramatic reaction or an overreaction from me because they're not getting blown out of the water like some of the other sides we've seen who are running last at this stage of a season. But, I mean, it's the Tigers. So, look, I think we all know the vibe by now, and that is why I cannot go past the Cronulla Sharks. They are in red-hot form, surging at the moment. So I'm taking the Sharkies at home over the West Tigers. JJ, uh, yeah, it's, it's farcical, as you would say. So I, I want to know your thoughts, JJ. Cronulla Sharks are a team that you really enjoy up against the West Tigers. Yeah, the tips are pretty easy one for me. Sharks all the way. They're looking super hot, especially after last week. The halves pair is clicking for sure. Hines looking good. Moylan doing his thing, attacking the line. But yeah, the Tigers are no doubt the biggest shit show in the NRL currently, and I won't dwell on it too much. I want to say they're lacking leadership, but um, you know that would be uh, opposite to their captain situations, but we won't dwell on that. Sharks this weekend for sure. Probably a blowout, but I would love to see the Tigers put on a good performance. 
Up next is my game of the round. Now, this might be a bit of a curious one, but Bulldogs up against the Panthers. I've gone this is the game of the round. Bulldogs coming off a shellacking at the hands of the Melbourne Storm. Whilst, as for the Panthers, they are unbeaten this season. The only side to be unbeaten. So, look, great start for the Panthers. For the Bulldogs, last weekend they looked like the Bulldogs of old. The last couple of seasons, the Wooden Spoon Bulldogs. But they have some great signings, and we know that. But now it is time for them to put that into practice. They need to get another win on the board. And they, most importantly, have to be competitive against the Penrith Panthers. It's a very tough ask, given that they have the Storm. I mean, Seagulls into Storm into Panthers is a very tough ask for the Bulldogs, but they were nowhere near competitive up against the uh, fucking, who was it? The Storm. So we see that Kyle Flanagan has been named for his first game this season, stepping up in what should be a really, really interesting clash. Looking at some of the other ins and outs, uh, Wakem is on the bench now with Flanagan starting at halfback. Bailey beyond Iodo, he has been shifted to the 18th man duties and there are no other changes to this side. For the Panthers, it is the same squad that got the job done against the Rabbitohs. We saw James Fisher-Harris and Liam Martin. They both played. They were late call-ups. Well, they will be playing again this weekend. So very, very tough ask for the Canterbury Bulldogs. My game of the round, I like the narratives given the connection between a lot of guys that spent time at the Panthers who are now part of the Bulldogs organization. Think Matt Burton. Think Tevita Pangai Jr. who was there toward the end of last year. Brent Naden. Trent Barrett and Gus Gould, not to mention Viliame Kikau heading to the Bulldogs next season. So there's a rivalry starting to form. There's something starting to build in terms of a real competitive rivalry between these sides. Bulldogs also chased Spencer Lanier, who decided to remain with the Panthers. So look, the Bulldogs have gone hard at a lot of the Panthers' young stars. They've taken Viliame Kikau. They've taken Matt Burton. No doubt, this is going to be a bit of a grudge match. I think it's going to be physical. With guys like Tevita Pangai out on the field, no doubt there's going to be some tension. I expect some jersey pulling. I expect some pushing. Do I expect a punch? Fuck no, but I think it is going to be an aggressive game. It's going to be physical, and both sides are going to be really fired up. Penrith are obviously the benchmark yet to lose a game. I can't even imagine to think. I'm struggling to think when they're going to lose a game. Maybe the Storm in round 10, but like, if they don't lose that, I don't know. I don't know who the first side to beat the Panthers are going to be. Don't think it's the Bulldogs. They are currently trying to, you know, not be a bottom four side. And when you look at the ladder, they haven't really made much improvement at all. They are sitting in 14th. That's actually where I predicted them to finish this season. But hopefully they can turn things around. And that starts with a competitive outing up against the first place Panthers. In terms of the X Factor, no doubt Nathan Cleary. Good to see him back. And they're going to lift in confidence and he's going to be better for his return performance last weekend. As for the point of difference, the defense. Panthers defense is elite, whilst the Bulldogs showed last weekend that their defense still has a lot of work and a lot of improvement. So I think the point of difference is going to be the Panthers' defense. Bulldogs, sure, they may have some uh, things to throw at them in attack, 
But I think ultimately Penrith are going to be able to shut that down through their elite defending. The key battle is going to be in the Fords. It's time for the Bulldogs Fords like Paul Vaughan, Pangai and the likes to step up because the Panthers Fords are on an absolute tear at the moment. So that is where the battle is essentially going to be won and lost. And as for my prediction, look, I think we all know which way I'm going on this one. I'm going to be taking the Penrith Panthers. I hope we see a close game. Really excited to see how it does play out. But at this stage, I just cannot go against the Penrith Panthers. They look far too good. Definitely the side to beat at the moment. So I'm taking the Penrith Panthers over the Bulldogs in our last game of the round. And for JJ's last pick of the round, which way are you going? Bulldogs or the Panthers? Yeah, for this one, I'd, I'd love to see Bulldogs uh, make this a contest. Um, as you say, there's a there's a couple of players who have been back and forth. Uh, Burton comes to mind as one who might want to make a big impact or statement on this game. So we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I could see a scenario where it's kind of a bit low scoring, a bit of a grind, and um, it's close, but cannot really see Bulldogs getting the win here. The Panthers are just too far above them. Uh, even the, their backup guys would probably get the job done. So, yeah, the Panthers for mine. All right, so that is it for all eight games of round five. Of course, I had the perfect eight from eight in the previous round, this time myself and JJ throwing our tips out there again, both looking for a perfect week. Uh, we've got a couple of the different tips to each other, but it's going to be really fun to watch it all play out, see who kind of had a good idea. Maybe there'll be some areas where it's like, oh, I was wrong. Uh, but I'm hoping for a perfect week, so hopefully not too many wrong ones. Uh, you can't have too many wrong ones in a perfect week. That's what they say. You know, when they say that, they say that all the time. Uh, what a classic saying. So that is the NRL Round 5 preview. Thanks to JJ for joining me. And I will be back on Sunday for a review of all the action, the NRL Power podcast. And basically, I'll just digest everything that happens in the games I've been talking about with JJ today. So it's going to be a great round. Round five coming up starting on Thursday. Going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully your team gets up this weekend. And until the NRL Power Podcast, take care of yourselves.